This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Here at Vortex, I actually get to lead our guest experience team. That means every volunteer that you met from the time you pulled into the parking lot to the time that you sat in your seat today, uh, I get to be a part of their life. I love, love, love what I get to do here at Vortex. I love this team. Um, But it's just a part-time job for me. My full-time job is mom. And uh, I think we have a picture up here of them. So let me just take a minute to introduce you. So the guy in the pink shirt over here, the man in the picture, his name is Brian. That's my husband. Uh, Let me tell you this. He is a picture of God's faithfulness in my life. My parents have been praying for him from the moment I was born. They didn't know it was him, but they were praying for my husband, and and they still pray for him now. Um, Thank goodness. But Brian is a lot of things, a lot of really, really, really good things. Um, But most importantly, he loves Jesus, and he loves us his family. Second, we have uh, Mason, who is beside me. He's the one that made me a mom. He's seven years old, and he has never met a person that he didn't feel immediately like he had an audience. He's a chatterbox, and he just wants all of your attention, kind of like his mom, probably. Uh, And then we have Caleb. He's over here looking real cute in the pink shirt. Caleb is what we call a Sour Patch Kid. Um, He loves really, really hard. He'll just grab my face and give me a big kiss. But in the same breath, he's stomping on my feet and walking off because he's mad at me for something. So he's sweet and sour. And then we have, last but not least, Levi. He is the one that is not facing the camera um, because it's almost impossible for us all to get Um, a picture with him. He's boss baby. He's two. Um, So I think he's just trying to figure out where he belongs in in our family at this point. Uh, But anyway, that's my crew. Um, They are awesome. Um, As you can tell, I am the only female in that picture. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, answer the question that you're asking yourself. No, we're not having a girl. We are done. I've met my match. So let's look at this picture just for another minute. Um, it's it's a really good picture, right? I mean, I don't want to brag, but I'm definitely going to put it on Facebook. It's going to go on Instagram after this. I would almost call it perfect um, simply for the fact that I know what went into making this picture happen. Uh, like, we're all smiling. We're all matching. We're clean. Like, that just happens. That means I must be super mom, right? Because we all have it together. Well, let me get really honest with you for a few minutes, if you don't mind. For a long time, I didn't even want to be a mom. And it hurts to say that now because I love my kids and I can't imagine life without them. But honestly, as much as I love kids, I love cleanliness. And I know kids are messy. You know, they're just messy. And and kids take a lot of time, right? They don't just come out, you know, ready, potty trained and ready to get a job. They take a lot of time. And see, my perfect plan revolved around a real estate career that put money in my pockets 
and it was selling people their perfect dream home. Motherhood just didn't fit into my plan, so it was easier for me to not make it a part of it. But what, I'm, what I realize now is that I was really just afraid. I was afraid that I wasn't going to be good enough to be a mom. But luckily, God had other plans. You see, I married Brian, and his lifelong dream was to be a dad. Like that question that your parents ask you when you're five years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, his answer was dad. So needless to say, we had a few things to work out before we got married. (laughs) But God changed my heart. It was almost overnight. It's like he flipped a switch, and I couldn't imagine life not being a mom. And as much as he gave me this desire to have kids and to be a mom, I'm still struggling with that perfect idea of what family and what motherhood is supposed to be. I mean, seven years in, and this is still a struggle with me, for me, if I can be honest. So everything's perfect. It could be, you know, that perfect magazine-worthy playroom where everything is neat and organized and color-coded, all the toys are in one spot, or it could be that perfect meal that you see on Pinterest. I want to I give my kids a healthy meal so it has to have all the food groups on there. Or maybe it's that, that perfect postpartum body that you see on Shape Magazine that, that tells you that after having three kids, you're supposed to look this way. It's just supposed to happen. Or we homeschool. Maybe it's that perfect curriculum that's going to help me to teach my kids and to raise them the way they're supposed to be. You see, I spend my wills all day long trying to make things perfect, and it's exhausting. And when it doesn't happen, it robs my family and it robs me of the joy that I know that God wants to give. Because as I'm spinning my wills and those expectations aren't met, well, then I get mad and I get angry and I yell And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm just not good enough to be a mom. But here's the thing. I'm reminded that Jesus didn't die for me because I'm perfect. No, you see, he died for me because I'm not perfect. So he's taken this mess of motherhood, and he's writing a message of hope and of a promise. And it's just... (laughs) <laughs> it floors me, honestly, because only he can do that. Uh, let's put, look at some scripture. Psalm 1830 says, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Now let's leave that verse up for just a minute because it's actually in the Bible twice as I was studying. So two different books. So that means it must be good, right? We need to lean into it. So first, his way is perfect, not my way. Okay, God, I get it. Second, his word is flawless. That means I can trust it. Now I have to get into it to know what it says and let it refine me, but I can trust it and know that it is good. And third, and here is the promise, y'all. It says, he is a shield for all who take refuge in me. He's a shield. So it means when I rest in the fact that I know his way is perfect and I rest in the fact that I can trust his word, he's going to protect my heart 
It's going to protect my mind on those hard days where I just want to throw in the towel. So you see, my main point is that motherhood is not about being perfect. Motherhood is about being obedient. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're a mom like me, knee-deep in diapers and dirty laundry, and you're feeling the weight of wanting perfect. Or maybe your story is totally different than mine, but you're living up to expectations that you were never created to meet. Well, I want to invite you in on this journey with me to let go of perfect and embrace obedience. I am Amanda Simmons. I am Pastor Kevin Simmons' wife. Um, I absolutely feel honored and humbled that um, he would even trust me to be up here. Um, I want to, first of all, start off with a scripture verse. I want to talk to you a little bit about motherhood, um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, and then I'm going to wrap it up with a point. So let me start off with scripture, John 14, 6. Um, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I started, um, I honestly, from the time I can remember, wanted to be a mom. It was something so ingrained in who I was. I was, um, I remember being three. I would carry around a little baby that looked um, just like a real, real one. I would nurse that baby. I did everything my mom did. I took care of that baby as if it was real. And there is literally not a moment that I can think of that I didn't want that. And so it was incredibly devastating that when I was 16 or 17 years old, I went to the doctor to find out that I may struggle to have a baby and to only later on then realize that greatest fear was actually coming to life because it took seven years before we actually got to experience our first miracle. We had um, Adelaide um, seven years into marriage. And um, she was such a blessing, such a miracle. Like, we were so excited to be able to finally be parents. I mean, I'm finally getting my dream come true. And so I had Adelaide, and um, my world centered around her. And, you know, I think that's what we do as parents. You know, when our children are born, they're, they're just so needy, right? And um, they need us. They want us. And uh, we're, we just wrap our lives around them. And there's some healthy parts to that. But it became unhealthy because my whole world centered around a answered prayer instead of around God. And so what happened was I started neglecting myself. I started neglecting my relationship with my husband. I started neglecting, most importantly of all, my relationship with the Lord. So God was gracious. He gave me, in fact, two more blessings. Um, If you can put the picture up there, I'll show you my kids. I have three kids. Guys, this totally depicts, if you know my kids, this totally tells who they are. Because I have my sweet little girl, Adelaide. I have Clay, who is just extra in so many ways. And we just love him so much. And then we have this crazy, cute little guy, Cade. And so, guys, what's, what's crazy to me is that God answered a prayer, right? God answered a prayer, not just in one child, but he's like, I'm going to bless you abundantly, and he gave me three. But what I was not expecting, what most of you don't know, is I got a blessing after the second one. 
and that was a postpartum depression. So what I want you to understand is when you're dealing with postpartum depression, um, and in depression in general, a lot of times what you're telling yourself is you're not good enough, that everything would be better if you were not around. And that's what my what it became an ongoing um, repetitive thing in my head. And so can I just stop for just a second to make sure you understand that if you are dealing with any kind of mental illness, if you're dealing with depression, postpartum, get help. I promise you I did, and I will go into more detail about that later. At another time, I'm going to just tell you a short story, um, but you are going to learn a little bit more about that journey uh, later on. So I remember a moment. I remember a moment when I was crushed, I was broken, I was leaning up against the wall, sitting down and sobbing, absolutely hysterically sobbing, because I felt like, man, my kids don't deserve this. They deserve so much more. Like, he deserves a better wife. Like, the world would be better if I wasn't in it. I believed that, and I was like, God, I just want to run away. I want to run away from this life that you have blessed me with. I mean, I've literally had all my prayers answered. I had my prayers answered with three kids, and I wanted to run away and escape from it. I was telling the Lord, God, just please take my life. It is not good enough. I'm not good enough. And over and over, I just sobbed. And I remember my five-year-old son his little arms come around me, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, Mommy, why are you so sad? It was all I could do just to tell him, sometimes Mommy's just sad, and Mommy needs Jesus. What I was not expecting is what he said next. He said, Mom, can I pray for you? Well, I about lost it at that point. (laughs) And he just put his arms around me, and I'm telling you what, he gave me the most heartfelt prayer. I swear, it just... It spoke directly to my heart when he prayed over me. And then my daughter, my eight-year-old daughter, she looks at me and she says, Mommy, can I turn on worship music? Because it makes me feel better, and I know it makes you feel better. I was like, absolutely. What I want you to understand, and this is my point, and I'm going to say it a few times because I think it's so important, is that you don't need to be God to your kids. You need to not, don't get, let, sorry, let me say that again, because this is, is good. Don't be God to your kids, and don't let your kids become gods, okay? Don't be God to your kids, and don't let your kids become God. And if you're thinking, well, that's not me, let me, let me ask you a few questions. And in fact, I can summarize all of that and just say, let's let God be God in our lives, right? Let's let God be God. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. One, as a mom, Do you ever experience mom guilt? Do you ever compare yourself to any other person and feel like you are just not good enough? Because if you do, that guilt may be pointing you directly to the fact that you may think that you owe your kids something, and that's actually you putting them as God, okay? The next question I want you to think about is that if if you were to die today, Would your kids know who to turn to? Would they know to fully rely on Jesus, or do they fully rely on you? Do they know that God is forever, that it doesn't matter what happens to me, that God is there for them? Do they know? 
or do they have a spiritual life that's directly connected through you? Now, I want to go back to that story and talk about what exactly happened and reflect on that. Because I want you to understand, I was broken and perfect, right? But my son decided to respond in lifting me up to the Lord. My daughter decided to respond in encouraging me through worship. And what I want you to understand is that I didn't get anything right in that. I mean, can I be honest? I really sucked at that moment. I mean, I got it all wrong. But what's beautiful is that God still worked in that moment. Because it's not our perfection as parents. It is actually within our imperfections that God's grace and God's blessing can show. Like we can actually see God. I could see God through my children in that moment. And that was incredibly powerful and important. And so I'm going to say it again. Don't be God to your kids. And don't let your kids become God. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the Father except through me. That means that he's the way, not you, not me, not our kids, that God is the way and we can trust him through that. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.